There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's time for questions from the audience. Thank you to all our sponsors for making the podcast possible. Big couple of weeks here on the podcast because we had Joe Buck last week. This week, double shoot with two interviews. Gabe DeArmond and then a special interview with Pat Maroon. Yes, we had Pat on a few weeks ago. Uh, but uh, we did an interview at Normandy Golf Club uh, before the Joe Howe Memorial Golf Tournament. He's the grounds crew member who tragically passed away in an accident at Normandy in July, and there was a tournament raising money for him on uh, on Sunday. And so we did an interview there. So you have Gabe talking Missouri football in the start of the season, and you have Pat Maroon talking about his decision to go and sign with the Tampa Bay Lightning and also um, what went on with him and the Blues over the last couple of months and uh, and how and why that didn't work out from his perspective. And then also kind of a uh, a deep tease in, as to what we had been talking about. And by that, I mean me and Pat on, um, on the possibility of us uh, working together whenever it is that he is done playing. So all of that up for you. Plus, you have the Pick 6 podcast. If uh, you are not a regular listener of that, major recommendation. The weatherman went 65% against the spread last year. He is off to a 2-0 and start this year. So if you're a listener, subscriber of the podcast, thank you for being one. If you are new to it, welcome aboard. Subscribe. Leave a positive review. All of these things help the cause. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the TMA podcast. Get your merchandise at InsideSTLShop.com. Gangster Pete creates incredible merchandise. Uh, TMA merchandise, St. Louis-centric merchandise. It's all for you at InsideSTLShop.com. My personal favorite, of course, Trib City. Uh, So all of that's up there for you, and uh, it's all made possible by TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net. Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Chevy, find new roads. So there you go. That's what we have going on for you. Your questions are always welcome at tmckernan at insidestl.com. Every Wednesday, I read your emails, not all of them, uh, but some of them. And your posts on the TMA fan page, and you ought to join that as well. And uh, that's on Facebook. And uh, and we put this little production together where I sit in my basement most of the time. Last week I was back in the studios, but back in my basement this week. And just answer questions and just kind of wander. There's there's no other way, because there's no particular topics. I'm like, sending your topic on the Cardinals and the trade deadline. It's not that. You know, it's it's just it's just bullshitting. So let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. I'm gonna start on the TMA fan page. Here we go. Uh, I I like this one because I I saw an article on Olivia Newton John and it made me uh, it made me think. And you're going, what in the hell could that have to do with anything? But Olivia Newton John has cancer and she does not want to know how much uh, time she has left. And so. Um, 
This is the very first question from Timmy Recaps, who is a superstar question asker on QFTA. Question number one, you get to flip to the back of your life's book to see how and when you die. Do you do it? Uh, the answer is no. The answer is no. Um, I, I should expound. Uh, the reason the answer is no is I have found that I um, dread things and allow it to consume me like when something's coming to an end. A vacation, for example. Now I feel like I'm playing $25,000 pyramid. A vacation. Summer. A f- college football season. Um, an orgy. Uh, things I dread when they're going to end. Yes, yes, that's what it is. So, um, you know, just like a month ago, we were on a family vacation. And in about four days into the 10 days, 11 days we were there, I start going, God, we only have seven days left. And then that consumes me. And then another day passes. God, we only have six days left. And then that consumes me. And then I get more and more caught up in that than actually enjoying the trip. It's so fucked up. Once again, we should change the podcast name to to Tim's own self-therapy sessions because this is just an examination into what makes me so fucked up. But, uh, yeah, so I know that's what would consume me. I mean, I'm telling you, and I'm saying this from a place of great sincerity and almost kind of embarrassment, um... That, you know, our son, we just celebrated his second birthday. And uh, and I saw a post from Derek Gould on Twitter. And I guess it was his wife who posted uh, that she was walking their son to eighth grade. Uh, I gather it's St. Margaret of Scotland, if I know my... Uh, abbreviations, S-M-O-S, and I know they live in the city, in St. Gabriel's. We used to play St. Margaret of Scotland back in the day. So that's, I'm doing the math here. And, um, and, and she, but she said, but I will always remember him this way. And it was a picture of her walking their son to kindergarten as a, a four-year-old. And she says something along the lines of this parenting stuff, it's not for wimps, folks. And I'm looking at that. And I'm 42 years old, and I'm just like flipping through Twitter while I'm at the gym, uh, and and I see that, and I'm just like, oh my god, and it just gives me pause. Like I am, it, it, the 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 boy just turned two years old, and and that hit me, that hit me, uh, and I'm not one of those it's going so fast thing. I know I know people say that, and I guess it is when I like look at pictures. I guess it is. I don't really think it because, because as I always say, I think the first six months to eight months are so awful that it certainly doesn't feel like it's going fast. Um, but God, I, I love loving him as much as I love him. I hate being as vulnerable as much as I am. I have been able to, throughout my life, uh, I think maybe like after my first major breakup, you know, we're going back 25 years here. Um, almost been like, um, which is, by the way, not a good thing. This is a horrible thing, but just, again, this is questions from the audience slash therapy. And being honest, uh, like, 
uh, I don't want to say emotionless because I'm certainly emotional, but 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 not vulnerable, I suppose. Um, and I love my son so much, and I love this experience so much that I am now aware of my vulnerability. And even though I think I knew deep down I was vulnerable before, I could con myself into thinking I wasn't. And so now it's right there in my face, and that scares me because I'm totally leveraged. Um, so it's like when, like the cattle occasionally on TMA go, would you guys ever get a dog? And I go, no, I don't even, I don't even think twice. It's an, it's an instant. And why? Because as I've said a number of times on both TMA and on the podcast, I saw my dog get run over by a car when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, the car kept driving. I had to pick my dog up in the middle of Tam Avenue in front of Francis Park. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it was a lifeless body. My family's out in the front yard crying. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and it, it's a horrible thing. But I remember thinking, well, what was the point of having the dog if all it's going to do inevitably is die? Now this is fucked up. Now don't I don't I don't need an email to like to like coach me through it. I'm aware that it's fucked up. I'm telling you this is where my mind was. So I would never get a dog again. Um, it's kind of like when Robin Williams and Matt Damon are discussing uh, Robin Williams, uh, you know, chastising Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting for not pursuing the delightful Mini Driver, and. Uh, and then Matt Damon says, well, what about you, Sean? You know, with, how come you you don't have a girl? Because my wife died. And he's like, well, that's great. You should uh, you know, never find out if, if there's another girl out there for you. You know, kind of calling Sean, Robin Williams, on his bullshit. So I'm aware of this being bullshit. But that's where I am. But that's kind of where I've been. To, to not be this vulnerable. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so vulnerable. I love him and everything that comes with being a parent so much that uh, it just it, it takes me back to this vulnerability but at the same time I love it so much I love him so much I can't get enough um, and the and the reason I I bring it up is uh, something that I guess is just a, it's a constant theme on this questions from the audience but that's time and uh, and time moving and so I don't, I don't, if anything, I enjoy, like, I think my wife said this, this weekend, we had a, we had me, Anna Marie and Jameson, our son, uh, spent the day together all day Friday, which was actually his birthday. And then her parents and my mom came over. My dad had the St. Gabriel golf tournament in Farmington, so he couldn't be there. Um, and listen, you might be going the St. Gabriel golf tournament in Farmington. I mean, who? Listen, the St. Gabriel golf tournament in Farmington, for my money, is is ahead of the PGA Championship in the in the pantheon of majors. Um, but he wasn't there, so it was just it was a it was a great day, and we had pizza, and then some of the kids who lived next door came over and played with them, and it was just it was a perfect day. And then the next day, this party that you know we had been working on, really, Anna Marie had been working on, you know, which I'm sure all of you can relate to in some capacity and whether you have kids or not, but, uh, just something that you work on. And then, you know, then time comes and then it's great and it's over relatively quickly. I mean, it's probably only four or five hours and, uh, you go, God, that was quick for all that work. And then you go, my God, that was a great thing. You know, to have all these friends and family over, 
uh, it was a great thing. And so then the weekend wraps up and I'm kind of like, God, I loved that. I loved that. I just loved it. I loved seeing him happy. I love seeing him happy. I love seeing my wife happy. I love seeing my parents happy. Uh, I love seeing Anna Marie's parents happy, our family and, and, and the kids playing together. I just love it. And it's not to say that I'm like, now, because I love that, I can't possibly enjoy the other things that many people associate with me, such as stag films and gambling and all that stuff. I love it all. I enjoy the hell out of it, and I'm a parent who enjoys stag and perversion, and I really don't apologize for it. But I am now well aware of how much I love my son and being a parent. And so these things that that make me conscious of time and time decreasing with every passing second uh, my time his time is my you know toddler I suppose at this point are the things that make me go oh you know I, but I don't I don't dread him growing up but there are these moments that that you know I don't know who somebody on TMA texted in and it's kind of like ah that at some point I guess right around maybe 10 years from now eight to ten years from now he will go from being like my buddy to not wanting to be around me. It's it's a natural evolution. It's what it, it happens. I can't be mad at it. You know. I mean. You know. This is this is this is part of the deal. And that make that makes me sad. Uh, that makes me sad. But I don't like. To, so in that sense, I don't necessarily like to think about it. But I'm aware of it. Similar to what the original question was regarding death. So I wouldn't want to consume my mind with it. There's nothing you can do in the, in the question as posed. Um, so I, I don't see any upside to that. But I made reference to the Olivia Newton-John thing and how she's got a limited amount of time left. And I guess as we all do, but uh, she knows it because of her diagnosis. And she has zero interest in, in hearing the time. She just wants to live. And I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, so often you're told you have, and I don't even know if you're given a choice, you know, you have four to six months to live, or whatever the case might be, four to six weeks to live. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I am on that, because it would consume me. And uh, and it's a good question. I don't know where, if you put it, like, on Twitter or a poll where people would be on that, but as I think through it, for me, it was an instant call no. Uh, next question, what's a topic you truly enjoy talking about which you know wouldn't play well on TMA, and what's one thing you hate talking about which would play well on TMA. Boy, I'll tell you, this Timmy recaps. He should just host QFTA. Um, let's see. I enjoy talking about questions that really don't have answers. So to me, religion would be something that I would love to talk about more on TMA. Um but I just, I, 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 I already, I kind of get like cringe feelings as I say that because it's not, it's, it, that's not the forum for it. Um, and, uh, and by that, I mean, it wouldn't be a good discussion. It's just not, it's not, it's not, it just would just, it just wouldn't be. Just trust me on this. I know the, uh, you know, I just, I just know it wouldn't be, um, it all. And I also know it would, there are some people for a topic with zero certainty somehow have certainty on it. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't know what I mean. What I mean by that is none of us know. And if you do know, please contact me. I would like to have you as a guest. But none of us know. 
But yet it seems like there are some people who will motherfuck the hell out of you and they're passive aggressive or condescending or bless your heart kind of way uh, if you're not on the same team. And uh, even though we're all coming from a place of having zero idea. Um, so I just kind of get out of the way and go to each their own. And, and if you believe this, that's great. You know, you, you believing something in your particular house of worship or how you express your faith does not impact me unless you start trying to get it to, to be uh, law. So, and I also would want everybody to have the right to practice their particular faiths, even though I don't share that viewpoint. Um, but I love the discussion. Like, I've learned so much, uh, and I can't even imagine how much I have yet to learn regarding religion. And uh, it's eye-opening, especially coming from a Catholic school background, grade school in particular, dogma, absolute dogma, catechism, memorizing, and you're spitting these things out that, that are powerful, but the, the way you're graded is by memory, uh, not by having an understanding uh, and who, you know who, what 10-year-old would. But then in high school, tip of the cap to the Jesuits, critical thinking, a lot of which was in theology. So um, I I loved that, even though religion wasn't my thing. Oh, we might have a Jameson invasion. We might have a Jameson invasion into the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. You might be able to hear him cry. He was going to try to come down to the basement, and he was just blocked. He was just blocked. I don't know if Anna Marie got him or his grandpa got him, but he was blocked. Um, so I like talking. I like talking about that. I also, I mean, it probably bore the fuck out of a lot of people also. So I'm well aware of that. Other things, I, I like talking about sexuality. Um, I don't know which one gets people more skeeved out. I think they're incredibly, and, I, and I'm not attracted to these things because they're uncomfortable topics. Uh, I just, I, I, it, it's something that for the most part, everybody experiences both religion or a, uh, lack of religion, but certainly an awareness of it, and then sexuality. And yet, for whatever reason, it's like you can't talk about it. And we got to act like, oh, well, Tim's going to talk about porn now, and the porn stars are all drug addicts and, you know, horrible people. And it's just like, well, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of them, there's plenty of drug addicts in a variety of different fields. Uh, but we got to, like, shit on these people for some reason. It's, it's an odd thing. But it's, like, I guess kind of a way to, like, well, I'm above, I'm above this, you know, and I just think it's a healthy thing to talk about, but I also know some people are incredibly uncomfortable with it, so it wouldn't play well, so I do it here in my little playpen um, of my podcast, Uh, and what's one thing that you hate talking about which would play well on TMA? Oh, I guess you can't go wrong in 2019 with talking about politics, and by that I mean you absolutely can go wrong as far as quality goes, but it's going to get a reaction, contrary to what some people on the outside looking in, and I think it might be the majority of people on the outside looking in think, it's not like, well, I was listening, so I helped him out, or I screwed him over by turning it off. And it's like, well, neither one of those things impacted us. You know, if it makes you feel better that you had an impact, that's great. Or when they're saying that about somebody in their, at a clickbait, he- headline, clickbait headline and they click on it, it, you know, in the whole scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. But, uh, you, you know... 
I just I love talking about politics from a philosophical standpoint when people start regurgitating takes they saw in cable news or read from their choice of whatever bubble blog or website or app that they are following. I I'm I'm out. I have I have zero I just have zero I really do tune out. I absolutely tune out. It you know, or they try to kind of jerk off both sides, you know, and it, it's it's just it's a blah thing. Just it is blah. Um, but I know it gets a reaction. Um, I don't think it's necessarily good, but it t- does play well. And other things kind of, and we did it today, actually. It's funny that you asked this question today because I debated doing it. Um, I really did. And, and most people might be like, why did you even think through that? But I really did. So you had the Andrew Luck retirement on Saturday night. And then you had what became almost as big of a story as Andrew Luck's retirement, uh, and I'm exaggerating that, but it got a lot of attention, was Doug Gottlieb's tweet about it, uh, paraphrasing as I don't have it up right now, but him retiring because he didn't like to go to rehab was the most millennial thing ever, and of course it got ratioed, as the kids say, and, uh, and he got lit up, and then a bunch of people reacted, including Troy Aikman, and I'm just like, Ugh, I know this is going to get... You know, I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to talk about the thought process of tweeting that out. As in, is he doing that because he really thinks it, or is he now caught up in this world of hot takery, which has become cliche, unfortunately? Um, but it it is. It's it's just spitting out opinions to get reactions. Um that he was saying it for that purpose, like this will get me attention and this will help my hashtag brand. And I don't, that, that interests me that like the like take is like, whatever. I mean, who gives a shit, you know? I mean, and then it's like, oh yeah, you did something with credit cards in South Bend. And, and when you go back and forth and it's like, and then it becomes virtue signaling with, yeah, let's all condemn Doug Gottlieb. And now I can feel like I'm part of a club and I just see this and psychologically what goes on and it's just, it grosses me out. And so I didn't really want to talk about it, but then I knew people were talking about it. And so I kind of go, you know, back and forth. And it's one thing to talk about something everybody's talking about that you don't really want to talk about, but you feel like it has importance. I don't really rank Doug Gottlieb's take on Andrew Luck as having some material impact on any of our lives, but I know it's red meat, you know. Tell you what, this is going to be another digression, but I thought, it's one of those things, I think I've said this relatively recently on TMA or on this podcast. Whereas Doug makes no secret of and tip of the cap to him for being honest, even if we disagree um, with his where he is politically, that I think a lot of things that Bill Maher says um, Doug would be a big fan of. And one of the things that he said in his most recent new rules show on HBO on Friday night's called Real Time and his wrap up segment is new rules and it was talking about how journalism is done for likes and retweets. And I'm like, God, it, it's, it's, ob- it, like, it's obvious. And I, I make reference to it often. Like, you know, I'll send out something like, yeah, well, look at this victory parade. How do you feel now, Stan Kroenke? And it's like, oh, I'll get 500 likes or more than that. Um, but what the fuck did I do? It's just like, a, it's like, like I said, red meat, Doug Gottlieb, red meat, just, 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 just vapid, blah, just like word vomit in 140 or 280 characters. That's like, yeah. And I just, it's like, this is where so often, I swear to you, 
I, I miss Joe Strauss so badly because Strauss would call people on it. And therefore, I think it kind of, in a way, policed it um, to keep that shit from going on. And so they're actually, you know, and, and listen, I, I don't necessarily know that he should have been in a position to be policing it. And I don't know who, nope, I don't think anybody should be, for the record. But it kept people from, like, giving out more of the, you know, just like those populist hand job kind of tweets, you know? Which then sets a standard, I think, of giving people what they want as opposed to what might be the truth. And then so if somebody does present the truth, the perception is so skewed because the gatekeepers have been giving you what you want as opposed to the truth. And why is that? Because that's likes and retweets and that bullshit, which in reality isn't currency. So... I, you know, that observation is like, yeah, that's, that's God, that's what's going on. That's because people go, where, if you really don't want to have your news slanted, where do you go? And I'm like, I don't know. And then some people find, you know, submit something that's relatively obscure and you go, well, it might be relatively obscure because the model right now does not really cater to people who want straight news. They want manipulated news to suit their particular perspective. And so therefore, what would be straight news is not going to succeed because that's not what the market is demanding right now. Same with sports media coverage. You gotta have takes. And, and, and here in St. Louis, I feel like they have most of the time they have to be Homer takes. Um, and, and again, I think that's not necessarily the, the gatekeeper so much as the market decides, but it can lead to some, you know, false premises that are perceptions. Um, so anyway, I, I hope that answers the question. Good questions as always, Timmy Recaps. Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast. So make sure you're supporting our sponsor, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Thoughts on the number one question in St. Louis. We're still on the TMA fan page. Where did you go to high school? Uh, that uh, was that was the post. I don't know really know what to, to take from it. I'd like to elaborate on it. I just don't. I mean, I went to St. Louis U High. I, I don't think that was the question, though. It was thoughts on that question. Uh, and it's a way to, um, you know, prejudge someone. See, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it, but I don't know if I'm like ha- like having a backlash to the backlash of the question. Because a lot of times I'll meet somebody and I'll, it's just like kind of like in a conversational way. I'm not like, oh, I wonder if this person went to MICDS or St. Louis U High or Burroughs and I can possibly associate with them, um, you know, or, oh, my God, gasp, did they go to public school? That's not remotely what's on my mind. Um, it's just like a conversation thing. But now I feel like people do want to ask it just out of curiosity. It's more of a way to go, where did you grow up? But... Now it has this stigma attached to it, and I get it because I do think it, it for some people it did have and still does have a way to kind of like handicap where they you know where they're coming from. Um, but as as you 
grow up, you realize it just in the whole scheme of things, it just, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. If anything, it's kind of like, okay, we're in this big, small town or small, big town, and there's a good chance we know we have a mutual friend. And so it's a way to establish, uh, you know, some kind of common ground and a bonding, you know? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't reject it as much as I feel like it's become rejected in St. Louis nomenclature. Those from outside of St. Louis who come here go, what in the fuck is this about? But I mean, to, to, to take it down to like the grade school level, I mean, I've been with Anna Marie for 11 years. Um, and, we go to my grade school school picnic, um, you know, every year, almost every year. And she's just like, what in the world? Now she gets it and she realizes I love my, it's a, it's a neighborhood thing. But her whole thing initially was, you have no idea where I even went to grade school or elementary school. And I'm like, yeah, you're right about that. That's very fair. So it's, I look at it more as a neighborhood thing, especially if you grew up in the city. I mean, you know, I don't. It's like I live in Kirkwood now, and I don't think of Kirkwood as a neighborhood or even my area as a neighborhood. But in the city, you have neighborhoods. And I realize the vast majority of you listening to this don't live in the city of St. Louis and so have no idea what I'm talking about. But that's the way that it is. And you have neighborhoods or you have parishes, as the case might be. So I don't think there I don't think it's necessarily as uh, shitty of a question as I think it has the reputation for but I also understand that there are some people who really do judge people by where they went to high school which is so fucked up you know we're going back and forth on the on where to send our uh son you know I mean it's a few years away from like the grade school elementary school decision but you know now I'm like oh yeah this stuff actually something I got to pay attention to whereas before it was just kind of like a background running joke on the where you go to high school thing um so I don't know I, I do I do feel like with some high schools and like the private high schools versus the public like it's it's a status thing and I think it's gross I, I really do especially for how expensive it is you, you know and for the sake of just, as I always say, there's no point in participating in things that have no upside to not get into naming the schools. Uh, I will avoid it just for the sake of it. Um, but, but with respect to, um, you know, what's going on with a number of school districts that are just outstanding and then going, oh, well, I'm still going to spend, you know, whatever it would be you know, five figures on a private education. I go, what in the hell is that about? Because I know it's not really about religion for most people. I think it's a status thing. And I think that's unfortunate that people feel like they got to do that. It's a shitload of money. When is the bubble going to burst? Um, so anyway, I like the question. I uh, And I don't think that the question that you're asking about in your question is as bad as it kind of has the reputation for, for being... You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a first-hand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy. I've got a lady. I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens because my interactions with James had been so positive 
that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now, he still checks in. You know, I mean, it's it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which, of course, was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something, or I had forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. But he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just... It's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he does okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments so you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. All right, let me go into the email inbox. Uh, well, we had a fan page uh, questions, and now we have a fan page question about the fan page. Dear Tim, I love TMA. I love your podcast, too, and I'm a regular reader of the TMA fan page. But I don't post much anymore because I feel like if you're not a regular poster, one of the regulars will jump in the thread and gang up on the non-regular posters. I know there's nothing that you can do about it, but I think that limits the number of people who post on the page. I've also heard you mention on an earlier edition of QFTA that it's funny, I think that's the word you use, that people have emailed you or DM'd you that they liked, that they liked something, but they didn't want to post it on the fan page, that they liked something that you did, but they didn't want to post it on the fan page for, being, for fear of being called a, quote, lemming. I guess it's funny in some ways, but isn't it kind of sad also? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I'm a, obviously I'm aware of it because people have DM'd me or emailed me, uh, and then all flat out said, "I don't want to be a lemming, so I don't like your post, or I didn't want to post this publicly because I don't want to get called a lemming." And I, I mean, I, it's sad. I think is overstating it. Um, it. I don't necessarily think it's uh, sad when I think of the word sad. I don't think it's sad. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess, in a way, it's unfortunate. I, I also, I this, this, this has been going on for a long time, and I'm talking about dating back to the InsideSTL.com message board, uh, and I don't know what causes it, but um, I'm aware of it. Jokingly, I think it's jokingly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it actually played a role in it. Um, I've mentioned that the cat calling out people jokingly him calling out jokingly people about being lemmings as in blind followers of mind have then then put people on the defensive this happened both with the inside stl message board and now with the tma fan page uh you know which is uh you know a couple i guess three years old now uh 
that people are just then they're just conscious of not being labeled a lemming, and so, you know, I'm aware of I've because I've already seen the movie, so to speak. I already experienced it, you know, a decade ago, longer than that, with the InsideSTL.com message board, and uh, I understand it. I don't know. I it's, I don't I don't know. I don't I I, I it's you know it's kind of neither here nor there. I think the vast majority of people who are on the TMA fan page are fans of the show. Inevitably, you know, I, I was reading and then I decided to bail on it. And so then I restarted the podcast, this email and the guy was just ripping the fuck out of the plowhawk. And, and then I decided, you know what, I'm not going to read this, but the reason why I'm citing it now um, is because he was representing his opinion was a bunch of people's opinions and what I would say to that is you might feel that way uh, and you might be right, but, you know, when producer Joe was around, uh, people really either liked him, but people really hated him too. And they cheered against him when he lost a timber fake in the boxing match, you know, and uh, and I certainly, I think probably more so than anybody, I think of hosts go, like when I mean hosts, I'm talking about Martin, the cat, Doug, and myself, Um I think uh, as far as full-time hosts of the show over the, the 15 years it's been on, um, have people who like me, but then a lot of people who don't like me. And I get it. And there are a lot of people who really like Doug, but then they really don't like Doug because they don't like his political opinions. They don't like me because they don't like what they think are my political opinions or the fact that I'm not religious or that I talk about sex and they're uncomfortable with that or that I just think I'm arrogant. Um, and they might be right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that's probably a tight read. Um, or they don't like the cat. You know, he interrupts all the time. Or I can hear him chewing tobacco. Or Iggy, he interrupts. He talks too much. He's a producer. What is he doing there? You know, it, it's 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 gone on. I've, I've like I said, I've seen it. And when you live it, and you also get the emails, it it kind of, you know. It, 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 I don't want to say it. it I, I never want to say, "Oh, it doesn't bother me," because it. I, I don't. I don't want to make it sound like it does bother me, but it doesn't bother me that much, is what I should say. Because over time, you just kind of recognize what it is. Um, now, that doesn't mean that just because you recognize what it is, you disregard it. But you know, it's. Um, it's it's just it's not it's just not a big deal. I don't know. It's just not a big deal. Somebody doesn't like a personality on the show. That's not indicative to me of the person being bad for the show, um, because if everybody liked everybody, it'd be a pretty boring show. And I'm talking about the audience. So everybody has their favorites. You know, it's. Um, it's you can you can have a good idea just by kind of looking at someone's demographic of who they're going to like uh, on the show and who they're not going to like on the show. It's it's not really all that surprising. Like most of the time at this point in American history, you can look at somebody's background demographic and have a good idea of at this moment in time whether they would be. Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal, voted for Trump in 2016, voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, voted for, will vote for Trump in 2020. It's just, it, there's, the, you know, that's, that's unfortunately, 
uh, the way that things are kind of at at this moment. And so you kind of have that with uh, with the TMA audience because a lot of it is lined up based on politics, which is strange in a sense um, because when the show started, it wasn't even on the radar in 2004, but it feels like it was a different world. Hell, 2010, it didn't feel like it was on the radar. And now... You can, it's like, okay, I'm conservative. I love Doug. I'm liberal. I can't stand Doug's opinions. Think he's funny. Can't stand his opinions. Really wish he wouldn't talk about it. It's, a, it's that kind of stuff. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, again, these are things being privy, if you want to call it being privy, to the back end. And by that, I mean um, the back end of the fan page, the, the seeing the emails that come in, the texts, text being probably bigger than anything, actually. Um, but with a lot of the textures, we don't know who they are as far as their name and age. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 so the fact that certain people won't like my posts on the fan page, I don't really think it's, a, I don't, I wouldn't describe it as sad. I, I understand it. It's kind of a neither here nor there. If they like the show and they continue to support our sponsors and, you know, our come to our events and buy merchandise that's all I really care about and because and, I'm not for everybody uh so you know and by that I mean some people aren't gonna like me and some people aren't gonna like Doug and some people aren't gonna like the cat or the plowhawk or Iggy or Gangster Pete so it's just kind of it's part of the deal when you have six people uh people are gonna have their favorites and people have people they don't like the lemming thing is kind of a whatever thing it's not a not a huge deal it's a it's a joke but it is it's I guess it's unfortunate in the sense that people feel like they can't post a compliment without being attacked but if they're going to email it to me it still serves the same purpose so who cares um as far as people not being able to feeling like they can't post that also is something uh i uh i experienced with the inside stl.com message board and i felt like that was more prevalent there but i i don't know where new members would uh you know get hazed or whatever um and that's whatever but that that like i said i don't think that's unique uh I don't think that's unique to the TMA fan page or the Inside STL message board. I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, clicks emerge, so to speak, um, and that's uh, you know that's 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 that that's people develop friendships and they also kind of form clicks and that just kind of happens and that's not unique to the TMA fan page. So if you're comfortable with just uh, reading it, then just read it and don't get uh, too worked up about it. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares, and Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314 314- 889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart. And just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503. Or go online at evergreenstl.com. Com. Uh, Tim, you've been doing questions from the audience for a while now, and I've heard you say to send in questions, even questions you think you won't answer or will get you pissed off. Just send everything in. That's right. Send in, uh, I'm going to take a, a Marco Rubio water break. Send in your questions. Any question will do. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com.
Um, every time I hear you say that, I think about sending this in, but up until today, I decided against it or I just would forget to do it. But I'll take a chance and ask about it. My wife and I have had threesomes, both MFFs and the more popular MMF. And we have even, look at this, and we have even had what most people would call an orgy as there were three couples hooking up. I know it may sound strange to some people, but we love it, and we have found that it brings us closer together. Now, I know you have talked openly about having threesomes and always being on your quest for lesbianism, but do you think for people who don't have a comfort level with being open about sexual talk, that they would be uncomfortable talking about the topic or look down on us for doing what we do in our personal lives. All right, we have an MMF, MFF question uh, here on QFTA. A lot of initials. Um, and let me see, I want to make sure I follow the question. Do you think for people who don't have a comfort level with being open with, that they would be uncomfortable talking about the topic? Uh, yes, my answer to that is an easy one. It's yes. And if you want to, like, dig into why it would be yes, I don't know if I have a good answer for it outside of I'm just very comfortable with moving all of my chips in on the answer is yes. They would be uncomfortable talking about it. But at the same time, I don't think that's an indictment of, um, you know, having whatever one would want to describe your relationship as. It's none of my business outside of what you have sent in. I don't know if you have an open relationship or if this is something you guys only do together. Um, but even if somebody's in a monogamous relationship, I really have zero interest in hearing about them fucking, you know, so that's kind of, so, so, I, so if you follow me here, God bless you. That's wonderful. Especially if you guys are enjoying it. Uh, but I don't think that the average person would not want to hear about it is them being uncomfortable with your um, sexuality uh, because if let's just let's just take let's take that out and let's just go okay picture friends of yours I'm not saying picture them fucking I'm saying picture a couple married couple couple you know maybe you're in your 20s and you're like yeah they've been together for a while and your friend goes, yeah, me and my wife or me and my girlfriend, you know, had sex last night and most likely be a little more graphic and vivid. And you'd be like, yeah, I don't want to, I just don't want to hear about that. I have zero, I remember, and we're going back to uh, right around like 99, 2000, because I was getting ready to leave Columbia. And a friend of mine, uh, talks about how he like a long-term girlfriend too just like casually brings up that they're having anal and I remember and I was with another it, it was it was me and a buddy talking to this guy all all of us knowing each other very well and we looked at him like what in the hell not because we're like oh my god what are you doing talking about anal sex how could you but more like dude I mean this is your girlfriend of like you know, a long period of time. We all know her. That's just, what are you doing? Now, the double standard in the whole thing is that if this were somebody that he just met at the bar the last night, went home, and they had anal, we would want to hear the story. Am I am I wrong on this? I feel very comfortable with this position, but maybe I'm wrong. Email me, tmccarnan at inside sdl.com. But I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with this 
this uh, stance. But if it's a relationship, zero interest, not interested, don't want to hear about it. I don't know why that double standard exists, but that is that's where I am because um, I have I have absolutely and I don't care if my uh, friends' girlfriends or friends' wives are incredibly attractive. I have zero interest in hearing about their sex lives. I, I, it's just, it, I don't want to hear about it. I don't know why I don't want to hear about it. I just don't want to hear about it. It's not something, and I don't know, I don't have a good answer for you. I just know I don't want to hear about it. But if they were, especially if they were engaging in some MFFs, uh, I, I certainly would be very happy for everybody involved. But it's just a different ball game when it's like people, uh, you know, so regarding the, the, the first question, do you think for people who don't have a comfort level with being open with sexuality, they would be uncomfortable talking about the topic? The answer is yes, but it's not because specifically of what you guys are doing. It's because people in general don't really want to hear about people they know fucking. Am I off on this? I think I'm right on this. I'm comfortable on this, but maybe I'm off the mark on it. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like I'm picturing like my conversations with like my friends and it's just yeah, like we'll talk about like somebody's attractive, of course, said in a different way and more vivid. Um, Or we'll tell old stories of amusing hookups or whatever the case might be from like college or high school or whatever the hell's going on. But, uh, you know. I mean, have you ever, uh, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off the mark on this, but like, yeah, me and my wife, oh my God, four times last night. I mean, is that, is that, you know, do you want to hear that? And and secondly, has, has that ever happened uh, for anybody outside of uh, like a newlywed? So I, 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 I'm, that, that's, that's my, that's my position on that. Um, and then on the looking down on us for what we do in our personal lives, that's a different that's a different question. Um, I mean, it just it depends on who. It's kind of like one of those things. I don't recall what it was. Um, I just I personally don't care to hang out with people in general who would look down on me for anything that I do. Um, so if you do have people in your life who would do that, then I wouldn't necessarily, for me personally, and these are the questions that, you know, you're posing to me, for me personally, I really wouldn't want to be associated with those people. Um, now I realize when it comes to family, you don't have choices on that matter, but if we're talking about just peers and friends, uh, and you didn't get specific with the question, but, uh, then I would say, um, you know, that's not necessarily somebody you would really want to be friends with. Looking down on it for, for what you do with your personal life. Um, but again, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a personal and, and private choice you and your wife have made. So it's not really something that you would be running around uh, discussing anyway. So... From that standpoint, listen, I tip my cap. Good for you, especially if it's making you guys happy, then God bless America. Um, but 
I just I think in general I don't think any level of lack of comfort would have to do specifically with the fact that you guys are having threesomes or orgies or whatever. It would just be most people just don't want to hear about that from people they know. I think I, I'm confident in this position, but maybe people are going to tell me otherwise. But yeah, I, and like it's it's so distant now in college and in high school it's commonplace, but at this point. It's, I just, I don't, I don't think, even if, even if I'm 25 and I'm hanging out with whomever, wherever, I'm in Chicago, I'm in New York, wherever, doesn't matter. And I've got a girlfriend of three years. I don't think that I'm sharing with, nor do I think my friends want to hear about what we're doing. And if anything, also, I think, I, th- I don't think I don't think the girlfriend would want you uh, sharing that. Uh, so I don't know. Now, if you're talking about people who are um, e- experiencing the same MFFs and more popular MMFs, then then that's a different ball game. But I mean, you know, at that point, you're talking about comfort levels on sexuality. Well, then you're then you're amongst people who have the same mindset. Um, so yeah, just in general, I don't think people talk, I don't think people talk about it. Like I said, I don't have a good reason for it. I just it's kind of one of those things, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't think you got anything to to sweat outside of it. You're, you're you're running up to people and talking about fucking, and that's just not something that's usually going to play real well in general. But I don't think it's I don't think it's because you're you're fucking a variety of people. It's just in general, you could be you could be a you could be a hot thirty-something uh, married couple, both people in wonderful shape, been together for five years, and then say to you know friends of yours, hey, we just you know we just fucked five times this weekend. It was wonderful, and everybody's gonna look at you like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. Even though you're incredibly attractive, don't want to hear it. I think, you know, here's a here's a little thing. I'm under the impression, actually, and I think we might have like two female podcast listeners, um, but I'm under the impression that married women talk about sex more often than married men do. <laughs> and I'm, maybe I need to do, oftentimes with questions from the audience, a question then leads to like five episodes later where now we, it's now taken it to a different question. So that's what winds up happening here. So uh, as always, fire away emails, team McKernan inside stl.com. I could be, and again, maybe I'm not hanging around the quote unquote right people or maybe I am hanging around the right people. But like, I mean, I just, I never have conversations with my friends about, sex with their wives and just have zero interest by the way I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it even coming out of my mouth and this is coming from somebody who is more than happy to talk about sex at any moment but when we start talking about names and faces of of committed people I'm just not I'm just not I'm just not really interested and I don't have a like, like I said we need to psychoanalyze this why I'm not and why I would imagine many of you feel the same way um, but I'm under the impression uh, that that married women do have these conversations um, more often, way more often, I think, than than married men. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got to I got to dig, dig 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 
dig deep on this, and maybe uh, you guys can elaborate on this for me. But but back in our teens and twenties, we're talking about it all the time. Then all of a sudden, you get married and you have kids, and it's just like I'm not gonna, not gonna be talking. I'm not, not even talking about like, yeah, we haven't had sex in you know a year or any of that. I'm not even talking about. It just isn't talked about. So I love the question. As always, a tip of the cap for uh, the adventures you're enjoying. But I don't think that, like I said, I don't feel like you ex- would be experiencing or if you are experiencing discrimination, I don't think it has to do with the fact that you're having threesomes and orgies. I, I think that's just, people just don't, just don't really want to hear it. You know, it's one of those, it's, I don't, I mean, listen, I'm fascinated by it, but I have no idea who you are. But if like, it turns out like you were like one of my buddies from high school, I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> it just immediately changes for me. I don't want to know it because now I can, now I can picture it. It's like, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's here, my analogy. And I actually had a conversation with Lisa Ann about this. I don't think I've talked to Caden about this, but I know I've talked about it. Uh, I can't watch a Caden Cross stag film or Lisa Ann stag film because they're like friends now. I can't, I can't do it. And I, th- I think Lisa Ann and I had this conversation on the air. And she goes, yeah, a lot of my friends have said the same thing. And I'm like, I don't, what do you think that's about? I don't know. I just know that's the way that it is. Like Caden, um, who I text with a, a decent amount just on like a couple days ago, sends me a picture from, from the set with her, I believe it's her husband. I think either way, she's together with the great Manuel Ferrara for a number of years. Um, male performer of the year, like constantly Plowhawks guy. And Angela White and Gabby Carter are on the set with Manuel. And it was like, this is wonderful. What a wonderful thing. But these are like, you know, I've been around both Manuel and Caden. Caden more, but you know, they're just like, like, I don't know. I, it wouldn't be fair, I guess, to call them friends because, like, you know, they live in LA and we live here, but you know, I mean, I've hung around their daughter. So it's a different viewpoint as opposed to like just some random thing that I see popping up. As a random thing, I mean video. Um, if I'm, if I'm searching through stag sites. So it's the same thing on this stuff. And then with Lisa Ann, she goes, yeah, I don't know. We've got to dig into that because she's going to be on regularly on TMA and figure out what that's about. Like, what's the psychology of that? I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. But um, I know it to be the case. And it's a weird thing. I, it's, a, it's just like, I don't know. I want to dig into this. But either way, tip of the cap, thank you so much for, uh, for the question. And I hope you continue to enjoy your uh, pursuits of... MFFs and MMFs and orgies uh, and the like. All right, back over to the TMA fan page. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, this one got lit up. Um, I have serious concerns. The fallout of a Democrat beating Trump. I don't think he'd leave without a fight. He'll say it was rigged, just like the right before he won and more than just some of his rabid fan base, rabid base, excuse me, will believe it. And I think chaos ensues possibly slash probably to a catastrophic degree. How concerned are you about this scenario? So this 
post has led to a bunch of responses uh, as it's on the fan page. It was not sent in via email. Um, and a number of them were critical, and one response was, it certainly would be hard to imagine what might happen if the losing side doesn't accept the results of the election, if only we had any prior basis of comparison to such an unprecedented reaction, calling attention to a number of people on the left who refused to believe that Donald Trump won the election in 2016, um, so holding up a mirror to the question, so to speak. Um, I I wonder about... Uh, I, I, I'm telling you. Now, I could be off the mark here, but I really do wonder. Um, I don't know. I, I, whatever the case might be, whether Donald Trump wins or Donald Trump loses, November 2020 is going to be something else. It's just going to be something else. And I don't think it's going to be something else from a positive standpoint. And by that, I'm, I'm not talking about if... Donald Trump wins if Donald Trump loses has nothing to do with that because I think for those who are huge fans of Donald Trump's they can't imagine a world in which he loses and for those who are consumed by the fact that he is the president right now uh, they cannot possibly imagine a scenario in which he wins or excuse me in which he in which he um, yeah in which he wins I meant what I said um, and so inevitably a hell of a lot of people are going to go to bed on election Tuesday in November 2020 stunned and angry. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. Um, b- the girl I was with at the time of the November 2000 election, um, which was, if for those of you who are old enough to remember that night, it went into the, I mean, it went into what, two, three, four in the morning. And, uh, and then, of course, wasn't settled for a couple of months with Bush v. Gore. But she was, and it was so foreign to me at the time. Because I was kind of like, ah, I could vote for Bush. I could vote for Gore. I just wasn't paying attention. I mean, I was, what the fuck was I, 23? Yeah, 24, just turned 24. I just wasn't paying attention. And, um, and I just, you know, it was... It was a whatever. I also don't, I don't know if it was that obvious, you know, kind of now you can look back 20 years and go, yeah, it was a, but, uh, so, uh, I don't even think I told her I voted for George W. Bush and I wasn't sure I could have voted for either one. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel strongly one way or the other. Um, felt strongly in 04, felt strongly in 08, felt strongly in 12, Felt strongly, sort of, in sixteen, but not necessarily, uh, like in a like I don't even know how to describe it. Just like I can't believe this. Number one, but okay, if it's got to be this way, then I can't possibly. And that's how it, that's how that was. Um, but the, in that one, it was. But again, I, I think a lot has to do with being twenty four. Like if I were forty four, I, I don't think I would have been as blasé about it. But who knows? I don't know. But either way, the girl I was with at the time was was one of those people who you now hear about um, who said, um, if George W. Bush wins, I'm moving to Canada. And, uh, and, and you know, she did not move to Canada, but she was passionate about it. I remember thinking to myself, like, how can an election and the outcome of a presidential election, now again, we're in our early 20s, but get you that, that fired up? Um and, you know, I mean, now, 
I can't. I, who, who are the people who wouldn't be in November 2020? I mean, look at that. Now, I'm entering my own individual anecdote in as if it's, you know, something that is a, a premise that we all lived by then. But I do specifically uh, recall thinking that, like, man, you're, you know, and like I remember she was in bed and I came in, I go, um, this thing's going to continue. Uh, they, they don't have a winner yet. And she was just beside herself. I mean, can you imagine if that's what's going on in November 2020? Like, Bush versus Gore, the passion wasn't nearly what it is in in what you have in 2019. So imagine that if you have that scenario. And I don't know. I suppose it's possible. I mean, I feel like this is going to come down to like four states. You already know where 40 of the states are going. Um, so, you know, what happens with, you know, the, the big 10 states, basically. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, with, with that, with that all out there, um, it, I just, I think no matter what, it's going to be brutal. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, cause I think about it. I watch these debates and I, I, I know that I'm not impressed. That's not to say that I was impressed with President Trump and his debates. I just remember watching going, this is great. This is just entertainment. So I like, I like was party to it. Uh, you know, like I'm like, everybody has to see that, you know, he he's just saying things. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> this is actually gaining traction. And I'm like, okay, well, it's still, you know. And then I'm like, oh, my God, now this is really getting real. Um. So, you know, shame on me for, for not, uh, for not taking it seriously. Uh, so I watched the democratic debates. I'm just like, okay, th- this is, this is a number of people who are saying things, but they're saying things that I don't think they necessarily believe, but they feel like they have to say, I guess it's kind of like when people campaign in Iowa and they have to act like they're really religious, um, you know, and in South Carolina, cause that, that's the game you got to play, uh, in those States. So, with with the Democratic candidate, I just I don't know I don't know if I don't know if anybody of the group that I see right now is going to really inspire passion like Donald Trump inspired passion for people in 2016 or Barack Obama did in 2008. But either way, no matter who wins, you're going to have a healthy percentage of the country beside itself, and and feeling like it was rigged. So, yeah, I think the premise is accurate, but to just limit it to conservatives or Donald Trump, uh, I would disagree with that part because I think it's going to be on either on either side. And I don't say that as a way to jerk off either side. I really think that's what's going to happen. Um, I remember and I don't say this to, to make light of it. It's just it's something I remember. It happens to be an anecdote. It's with producer Joe. And it was the morning after, or the morning of, actually, the November 2012 election. And Joe was just like certain that Mitt Romney was going to beat Barack Obama. And I'm going, what the fuck's he, you know, what is he looking at? Where is he even getting this? And, and then sure enough, the next morning, you know, Barack Obama wins. And he was just like, I don't know what the hell happened. I'm going, what, what were you watching that made you think? So I remember thinking that same thought process going into November 2016, where all of the polling data was, 
don't know if it was as extreme, but it was similar in that Hillary Clinton was a, you know, I mean, it was like a ridiculous favorite. And and then sure enough, I come in the next morning, I'm like, well, what in the hell didn't I see? I'm producer Joe here four years later. Uh, so you can't base it on polls. I do think that there is a real bit of substance to uh, not, um, uh, I don't know what the right word, I'm not underestimating, I'm double negativing here, that there are a number of people who will proudly vote for Donald Trump or just vote for Donald Trump, even if they're not proud of it, uh, who will not say in polling data that they are. That, I think, was a factor in November 2016. I think it's something to take into account in November 2020. I mean, if you're saying something that you feel like could get you labeled as a racist or as an idiot or whatever might be going on, why would you want to subject yourself to that? So I get that. Uh, so I don't know. But the question isn't who I think is going to win. It's you know what I think would happen if Trump lost. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be, unless unless... And I'll put the disclaimer on, unless something huge happens between now and November 2020 that makes it a foregone conclusion going in, that I don't, I don't see any way around that. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, oh my God. I don't know. I've talked about it before on here. Somebody asked if we're like, you know, about a civil war. And I said, well, I already think we're already in one. It's just not what we think of when we're talking about, um, you know, the, the Union and the Confederacy. You know, we're talking about. Uh, I don't. I wonder if you can hear the chairs on our uh, in our kitchen squealing around as I talk. Uh, Jameson doing his work, but I'm talking about just politically. Like it's it really is that like people don't talk about it, or if they do talk about, it, they only talk about it with people they think are in their same mindset. So it's a it's it's already happened. Like I just you know in bringing up the November 2000 election and how it was so foreign to me to get that worked up about an election and. And to, to think that the idea of not getting worked up about the election, and by that I mean people not being invested in that in November 2020, it's, it's foreign to me. And how in, in 20 years it's changed that much. I mean, wow. I'm telling you. It's keep an eye on November 2020. And I'm not saying because that's when Donald Trump will be out or that's when Donald Trump will be reelected. I'm just saying it is going to be brutal because... The respective wings can't imagine, I don't think, their person not winning. And you have to think through. It's kind of like me buying game six of the Stanley Cup final tickets. You buy them, but you got to think through the process. Okay, I'm spending this money, but they might not win. You know, they gotta, you got to consider that. That's, that's, that's our reality here with this election. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be full-fledged brutal. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. I'll go one more in the email. Tim, this is back to the private school stuff. Oh, this, this, I, I didn't see this one initially, I guess. I just I immediately put it in the QFTA file, but I didn't read through it. But I know what it's about now that I see what it's titled. It's titled QFTA Private School Signs. Tim, I was PLTDing on my flight and heard your comments on the private school signs in the yard. I agree that I will never put the sign on my car, but the schools do it for two reasons that I get. This is great. I'm, I'm reading this email for the first time along with you listening to it for the first time. And this is, this is what I was talking about, like the family tree of questions from the audience questions. This is in reference to... Uh, a QFTA from a week or two ago in which I said I, I wouldn't put, you know, a, a, a bumper sticker of where my son's going to school 
or a sign in the yard of where my son's going to school. Uh, so I'm I'm learning things here along with you, although many of you might already know it. God, I can still hear the chair. Jameson must be just like pushing sleds around in the kitchen. All right, here we go. I'll stop getting distracted. The schools do it for two reasons that I get. Number one, it makes the kid feel welcome going into a new situation. You can debate that as a everyone gets a trophy society, but my kids were excited. Number two, it is marketing for other parents that want their kids to have the same, quote, feeling. Uh, I agree with your general thought process, but there are other layers to it from my perspective. As I've said before, I travel a ton, but when I get home, my daughter runs up to me and it is the greatest feeling. She is 10 and I know it will end, but it makes all of my red-eye flights and body aches from the sitting on a plane worth it. Plus, as a father slash husband, there are things that you do for your family to make their lives better. Love the Joe Buck interview too. Uh, had no clue about many of the things he talked about. Thanks. Take care. Um, all right. Um, good stuff. I suppose um, it's kind of an all-encompassing email, but I, I, like I said, I get these emails, and sometimes if I'm out in the middle of things, I'll just move it into my QFTA file, and usually I, I read them before doing so, but in this case, I didn't recall reading that one. Um, so um, his reasoning, so I, I don't think, I think this is his theory as to why the schools do it. Number one, it makes the kid feel welcome going into a new situation. You can debate that as a everyone gets a trophy society, but my kids were excited. And number two, it is marketing for other parents that want their kids to have the same, quote, feeling. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it, yeah, I, 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 it's one of those things, um, I guess I won't, it's not fair, and I'm not, for the record, I'm not in the, I'm not in the, the judging business anyway fuck me if I am judging um I'm saying for me personally that's not something I would do that's not and this by the way my mom had a St. Louis U high sticker on her car um I just I don't know I want to dig into this one I want to dig into this one I want to dig into the uh the the sex talk topics as well so fire away, Team McKernan and InsideSTL.com. I bet this one, this one will probably get more emails than the sex stuff, which was messed up for my money. But I digress. Um, I, it, I don't know. I mean, do, do, I'll ask. I don't know. Do the schools ask people to put the signs up? I can't imagine that they do. Maybe they do. But, but here's my thing. I haven't been there yet. And by that, I mean my son just turned two three days ago. So, you know. I haven't been there yet. Um, and I guess, you know, I, what I would, I'm so, you know, at this moment, uh, Jameson's an only child. Um, I have no idea if we'll have more kids. So, you know, with that all said, I was one of four. I am very, I think I am, conscious of not wanting to spoil him. Um, I think it's really important. I think even though kind of part of my song and dance is uh, arrogance, hopefully people can pick up on what's real and what's not. Uh, I therefore think humility um, is so important. And so, you know, even if in in the back of my mind, I'm going, you know, I might be thinking, okay, he's really actually smart or good at this or whatever whatever it is that might be like I don't want I don't want him to feel like he is you know um, yeah I, I don't want to set the bar up 
for what it what would be, would wind up being disappointment if it's not accurate. I just and so far now we're two years in, and for the most part, you know, the communication and the conversations are, are pretty one sided when 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 the child's two years old. Um, but it but my mindset on this stuff hasn't changed yet. Now it might. That's the thing. I know for many of you, you're listening and you're like, it's going to change. It's going to change when he's six. It's going to change when he's eight. It's going to change when he's 10, when he's 12, when he's 16, when he's 18, when he's 20, whatever. And you've been there. I haven't. So it would not be fair for me to start espousing viewpoints on something that I have not experienced. But I do remember people saying, you know, oh, you'll stop talking about lesbianism. You'll stop talking about porn. You'll stop talking about sex once you're married and all that stuff. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't think I will. And here we are. I'm now, you know, 11 years into a a relationship and eight years into a marriage. And this is this, I mean, cause I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, so being fully transparent and wanting to explain to him. And at this moment, getting down on my knees to look him in the eyes, that'll probably last another year. Uh, but, uh, to communicate with him and attempt to explain why, even though I know he's not going to be saying much in response, I just think of things like I hated because I said so growing up. I hated it, thought it was wrong. And so when I was like operating businesses, I would always try to give people full transparency as much as I possibly can. Sometimes you can't give full transparency and also reasoning, especially if I can utilize math because we can't really argue about that because that way I'm avoiding, quote, because I said so. I want to give people reasons. Um, And so I'm at this moment doing the same thing with my son. And so... You know, from my standpoint at this moment, and I guess it's more of a St. Louis U High thing because I know what the perception of St. Louis U High is by some, and and therefore I don't want to be like waving the flag. It's like, I'll be proud of him if that's where he wants to go and if he's able to get into it and if it's still a, a, a school that's a, a, a good school. Um, but if he doesn't want to go there, he isn't going there. You know, it's kind of that simple. Um and you know and of course you know what my what my wife wants so but you know i mean the reality is if you can if you can get in there and if your family can afford to go there certainly now way more so than um you know when i started there in 1990 it was like 2500 bucks um you know it's yeah no no one's doing anything wrong but I don't know. I'm just, it's just like we can be proud of it inside of our own house and, and be proud of our son inside of our own house. I don't need to, to, you know, I don't know. It's a weird, it's like I play golf with uh, Cletus quite often as we talk about on TMA and he always apologizes for, for bragging about his son's golf game, but his son's golf game, his son's like a scratch golfer. I, you know, it's not like it's not like he's talking about my son broke a hundred today, and let me tell you about what he did on number seventeen. I mean, like, okay, you know, I mean, he, he's you know, twenty one, twenty two years old. I mean, you know, let's go get him and everything. But fuck, but he's a scratch golfer. He's playing in competitions. You know, that's that's a that's a that's a different deal. You know, I mean, me making the all star team on the eighty six Cudas team out at Afton was not exactly, you know, shooting shooting, you know even par. So, uh, trying to contextualize these things appropriately. So that's where I'm coming from with them. That's where I'm coming from with it. So in my mind, as I sit here with my son, who's still a couple years away from this, 
I wouldn't put, and I've said this to Anna Marie, I don't, it's, I, I, I very rarely have like a, an opinion that's really strong on things. Just, I just like, I, okay, it's good. We're going to paint it gray. We're going to paint it neutral. I don't fucking care. Is the bedroom going to be dark and cold so I can be a vampire and sleep? Then great. Do whatever you want to do with the house, you know, but on certain things, and this is and part of it is a humility thing because going back to what one of the questions was regarding private school, if I'm not mistaken, uh, earlier question. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, that I, th- I think a lot of it's status symbol. And I think there are certainly some schools that are better than others, but what do I know? I went to one of them. Um, I guess the way I look at it is I look at the people who went there and what they wound up doing and how they conduct themselves. And you kind of go, well, I, I, you know, if you're talking about a large number of people, that can't be a coincidence because a culture is set and an expectation is set, a standard is set. But that, but part of it also was humility, and um, you know, being aware that, the, you know, that not everyone has this opportunity, and be grateful for it. And and while I'm certain that for a large number of people, they're not going. I am going to put this bumper sticker on my car to show you that I am better than you. I've just never been a bumper sticker person in general. You know, I don't free dotem or otherwise. I just want to kind of keep to myself on this stuff. So, you know, I mean, inevitably here over the next 14 months, we're going to see a lot of signs in people's yards uh, for political candidates and bumper stickers for president. And I just wouldn't do that. So that's, that's where I am as it is. So for me to go out of character and start putting things up in my yard or on my car, it's just like, I don't know. How the fuck? I don't know. I'd be curious what the thought process is on the bumper sticker. Um, and again, if it's not like I see him and I go, hold on a second, why do you have a bumper sticker? And just for me, it's not what I do. So I don't care. It's not like when I drive by a church and people are filing, I go, hold on a second. Why are you doing that? God bless. Not my thing to each their own. So I'm very comfortable with that. It works. It's worked for this. I think I've kind of had this kind of approach for about 22 years. I think 97, I think is right around when I started this and it works. So just for me, that's not something I would do. But if the school asks to do it, then, you know, then it's a different deal. But if Jameson says, hey, dad, I, you know, why won't you put a sign up? And I would say, well, here's, here's the reason. Um, you know, and, I, you know, whatever, six years old, I don't know if he'll, first off, I can't imagine him asking. And secondly, if I give an answer, I don't know if he really will care. But, I mean, I'll, I'll give the answer and hopefully he'll... Uh, it'll lay some kind of foundation for my thought process. So anyway, there it is. I, I, I like this topic. This is some these good questions as always. I always say this. You guys should be hosting the show. I sit in my basement and I wander around. You guys ask great questions and then I fumble fuck around. But either way, I enjoy doing it. Uh, the interviews, the questions from the audience and pick six. We got a good thing going here. Thanks to Gangster Pete Niggy for producing it. Thank you to you for your questions. Thank you to our sponsors, thehomeloanexpert.com, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and also Design Air Heating and Cooling, the number one train dealer in the West. It's hard to stop a train. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Chevy Finding Roads for making it all possible. Looking forward to pick six, really getting going with college football this weekend. The weatherman off to a 2-0 start. If you haven't listened to Pat Maroon, if you haven't listened to Gabe DeArmond, they're up. You got uh, Joe Buck up. 
They're all up. Everything's up there. Subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word. Leave a positive review. It really does help the cause. We love doing it. Love that you're listening to it. As always, thanks for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.